if you would take your scriptures and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, we'll be reading verses 1 through 13. Ephesians 3, 1 through 13, would you give ear to the reading of God's word? For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which you read, you may understand and know in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the external purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's pray. Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. Your laws endure this to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been our delight, we would have perished in our afflictions. We will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved our lives. Save us. Save us, for we are yours, Lord. We have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy us, but we ponder your statutes. To all perfection we see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Hear our prayers and receive our praise, for we bring them in Jesus' name. Amen. The writer of Hebrews encourages all believers with these words. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Our responsibility is clear. We are to be a support and encouragement to each other as believers in Jesus Christ. Paul has written this letter to the Ephesians to show us how and why we're to do this. He began in chapter 1 to show the wonder of God and all he has freely given to man. He established the foundation of the church in the pre-creation council of the triune God. He made clear the hand guiding the history of man and establishing the church was the hand of the one and only sovereign almighty God. In chapter 2, he shows the condition of man and his undeniable need of divine help to be enabled to be a part of this glorious church, the body of all believers. He goes on to explain where that help will come from and how men can be made alive and enabled to partake 
and the wonderful grace offered. He reveals that this grace offered comes through Jesus Christ alone. He makes the point that it is Jesus Christ that lives our, that our lives find their true and fulfillment. He points to the transforming power that comes with being made alive in Christ Jesus. He also speaks of the union all believers are to come together in. First, it is a union with the one and only Savior of men, Jesus Christ. We must all come together in him. For apart from him, there is nothing. Paul declares before Christ, before he came, there were two groups of men, those with the law and those without the law. These two groups could not come together. They were separated from each other by the wall created by the law itself. Second, he tells us of the one who has destroyed this wall of separation. He reminds of Jesus Christ and his purpose for coming into this world to save his people from their sins. His people come from every race, nation, tribe, and language group on the face of this earth. They are taken from those with the law and those without. The wall of separation is torn down, and you, out of the two come one new man. It is this new mankind that Paul speaks to in this letter. He calls all to come together. They are to follow this one who has drawn them from the darkness of sin into the glorious light of love and union. Union with Jesus Christ and with one another. He has given the gift of the Holy Spirit to draw you closer and closer to Christ and to your fellow believers. One spirit given to all believers. They come together in that spirit. They built a great and glorious new temple, spiritual temple, in which God himself comes to dwell with his people. As we come to chapter 3, Paul shows the church's purpose. He declares that purpose to be the declaration of God's marvelous wisdom to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Here, we must understand the whole of God's word has been to reveal these things to men. Yet, the heart and soul of this plan has been shrouded in mystery until the day Paul, who was chosen to reveal it. In this chapter, he shows the mystery of the church. In our passage this morning, we hear the revelation of this mystery. First, he speaks of the vessel chosen to bring the mystery into the world. Second, he speaks of the stewardship required to see the mystery as it is revealed. Third, he addresses the revelation of the mystery. And last, he shows the mystery itself. Paul begins this section with an eye back to what he has already said. Verse 1. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, Jesus, for you Gentiles. The opening statement, for this reason, looks back. It looks back on all that Paul has declared in chapters 1 and 2. The reason is because of these great blessings bestowed on both Jews and Gentiles. Things such as reconciliation with God and with one another. Also, for the erection of the one sanctuary for both Jew and Gentile. Leading to the one spirit that unites for all the union in Jesus Christ. For this reason, the great mystery that God is revealing by his apostles is coming with an understanding of God's purpose 
to your hearts. Paul has declared here that he was set apart by God for the purpose of being the vessel through which the Gentiles would hear of this marvelous grace being bestowed upon them by Jesus Christ. It was Christ himself that called Paul on the Damascus road. God instructed Ananias in Acts 9, verses 15 and 16, as he told, was told to go and speak to Paul immediately after this Damascus road encounter. But God said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Paul knew. Paul understood. He was sent by God to the Gentiles for the very purpose of showing them God's grace. He knew how much suffering was, was before him as he came to this world. God continued to show Paul that the grace he gave was sufficient to meet all of Paul's needs. Paul came to these Galatians knowing the great purpose of God to raise up a single people unto himself out of both Jew and Gentile. They made Paul, this made Paul a very reprehensible character to both the Jews and the Greeks. The Jews hated this message of grace that allowed a man to, to become a believer without having to go through all the rules and regulations set down by the law. Even Peter had difficulty with this concept, even though God continued to show him the truth of it. It was Peter that first had the vision that showed God's accepting the Gentiles. He led the first group of Gentiles recorded coming into the church at the home of Cornelius. Yet, we find him years later being confronted by Paul on this very issue in Galatians 2. Paul was God's chosen vessel for the perfecting of this doctrine of grace. The Gentiles hated him because he, had, he said they could not find their own way to God. He said there's only one way. Paul was God's special apostle, called to carry this message of hope to the Gentiles. These people who were, are sold out to idolatry don't want to hear of this kind of talk. They want you to, to, to just think there's something you have to do, and they have the answer for you. So both the Jews and Gentiles had reason to hate Paul and his message. Paul goes on to say he was the prisoner of Christ Jesus. He was a prisoner for the sake of Christ because his imprisonment was caused by the Jews in Jerusalem. These Jews hated Paul more than any other apostle because Paul had been one of them. He had been a Pharisee known as a rising star in Israel. And now he had turned was preaching against them. He was preaching that men could come to God without circumcision, that they could be saved by faith alone without works. This was a death-dealing blow to Jewish thought. Paul taught that men were spared from the rules and regulations of the law because of the work of Jesus Christ. The Jews had killed Christ, and they had done so, they thought, for the sake of the nation. Paul made them look at the truth. They couldn't handle it. They could not accept that Christ's works had freed men from the law. They could not handle that with this freedom, men from every race, nation, tribe, and people group could be saved without keeping the law. 
Paul adds to this. I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles. He was in prison. In prison for the sake of the Gentile converts God had given him. God had blessed his work. And churches had been started all over the Roman world. Paul had gone to Jewish synagogues all across Asia Minor and Greece. And in many had drawn a number of believing Jews to Christ. When he was cast out of the synagogue, he would go to the Gentiles. The churches began to grow. And the Jews were jealous. They sought to destroy Paul with rumors and claims that he was of the devil. They hounded him and persecuted him at every turn, but he did not back down. Instead, he became stronger and drew more and people to Christ. In the end, the Jews were able to get him arrested. They sought to have him put to death. However, it was God who was in control, as Paul knew. Even from his prison, he continued to minister to these Gentile churches right up to his death. He declared he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ in order that he might be enabled to continue ministering to the Gentile believers. We have a number of letters he wrote giving instructions to the church because of his imprisonment. He was the vessel of God to bring the mystery of this great gospel out into the open for all men to see. Paul was widely known by the churches. He had started a lot of them and preached in many others. He says in verse 2, If indeed you have heard the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you. Paul does not ask this as though they might not have heard. These churches in Ephesus and in the surrounding area had all but ministered to Paul, been ministered to by Paul. He spent much time in the area, more than any other area probably. He was well known, and here he reminds them of the many things they had heard from him about him. And the point he wants them to make is the stewardship given them, given him of this gospel. He wants to show his message of hope. That's what we're called to do. We're called to take this message of love and grace that God has given us through Jesus Christ and go out and tell others. Paul wrote more of the New Testament than anybody else. He started more churches than any other apostles. He had a greater impact on the world than anyone but Christ himself. He is not saying these things to brag on his accomplishments, for he knows everything he has done has been through the grace given him by God. God had chosen Paul as the man to complete the revelation Christ brought. Paul opened the word of God for men to see themselves as sinners, to know their dead spiritual condition. He revealed the grace of Christ and its sufficiency to all who would hear and believe. Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, a bondservant of Christ and an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the time began, but has in due time manifested his word through a preaching which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. God commanded Paul to take the word of the truth to the Gentile world. 
He wants the Gentile believers to remember it was by God's command that the gospel be presented to them. He wants them to know as he continues with this letter that he is not coming to them in his own name, but in the name of the living and true God. My friends, I tell you the truth. When God places his call on a life and gives them a mission, they cannot stop until that mission is completed. Paul was called of God. You you were also called of God if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. This idea of stewardship is is very important to us all. You are called to be a good steward of all God has given you. You may remember the parable of the talents found in Matthew 25. Christ says the kingdom of heaven was like a man who goes off on a trip and leaves his possessions in the trust of servants. The first servant is given ten talents. He's a very good steward and invests the talents so they make a good return. The second servant is entrusted with five talents and he, like the first, invests them so they make a nice return. The third servant takes his one talent and he buries it. When the master returns, he gives him back his talent. The master calls him a wicked servant and tells him the least you should could have done is taken it to the bank so I would have some interest. But each called, each one called by Christ is entrusted with certain responsibilities. If you've been called by Christ, there are certain responsibilities you have been given. Some, like Paul, are given great works to do. Others are even smaller works to do. And then some are called to be simple witnesses through their everyday life using the gifts given them to support others. Listen to the commission given to each member of Christ's body. Matthew 28:19. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Are you using the talents God has entrusted to you, or have you buried them? Paul says you must be a good steward of all God has entrusted you with. This means being a part of the church of Jesus Christ, being a member in good standing, helping others in whatever way God has gifted you. This administration of God's grace Paul was given is the words he was writing in this letter. Verses 3 through 4. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which which you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. This letter is the heart of the mystery of Christ, which Paul was entrusted to make known to the church. He came to make known where Christ came from, to make known how he came into the world and why he came. He came to take the law and fulfill all of its rules and regulations. He came to destroy the wall of separation between the Jews and Gentiles. He came to bring peace to a very disturbed world, to call a people out of the bondage of sin into the heavenly kingdom. These are the truths Paul has already revealed in this letter. And where did Paul get all of this information? He got it by divine revelation. He got it through the visions as he did in Acts 16, 19. He got it through divine answer to prayer as in Acts 22, 21. He received it by direct and divine command as in Acts 26, 17 through 18. 
He received it by divine guidance in study of the scripture, as he says in Galatians 1, 11 through 17. Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ. You need to understand what was required for someone to be an apostle. They had to see Jesus Christ. Paul saw him on the Damascus Road. Apostles had to be selected by Christ, and that's what Jesus told Paul on the Damascus Road. He will be the apostle to the Gentiles. The office of apostle was an office of revelation. They were men given the gift of receiving from God's special revelation in order to complete the word of God. Today, today we believe the gifts of special revelation have ceased. God's word is complete, and we can turn to it for all of our answers. If someone comes to you saying God has given them a new revelation, a new insight into the meaning, run from them as fast as you can. We believe the Bible to be the inerrant, infallible, complete, and sufficient word of God. You can find the answer to your spiritual questions in the pages of this holy book. God has completed his word to mankind. Apostles died off with the completion of the Bible. Anyone who is trying to get you to think they have received enlightenment from angel, Holy Spirit, or Jesus are false prophets. We don't need prophets today because we have God's completed word. In Revelation 22, 18 through 19, we're warned. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes words away from the words of the book of the prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. God used Paul and the other apostles to complete his revelation to us of his grace. Paul delivers the understanding of this mystery of Christ to us in this book of Ephesians. It was not just Paul's words, but the word of God himself. Paul says in Ephesians 3, 4, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Here's the great and wonderful promise. If you want to understand the gospel message, then you need to read and study this book of Ephesians. I will show you this great mystery, how God could come into his own creation and take on man's flesh and blood and then redeem by his life, death, and resurrection a people unto himself. You can learn how he chose you before the foundation of the world while you were still dead in trespasses and sin and could make your life alive in Christ. You can learn how he has predestined you according to his great plan and how he is, in, is the one in control working out that plan to bring good to all who love and trust in him. You can learn of the wonderful grace, the grace that can save and the faith which works to mold you into his image. You will learn this is all a gift from God. You will learn of his great and glorious body we call the church and of the union that is yours both in Christ and with his people. I tell you the truth. Paul received all of this directly from God himself. It is God's message of hope for all who will listen and hear. Now, I hope you're listening. I hope your ears are open and your heart attuned to these words. Jesus Christ came into this world. He came to live for you the perfect life you could never live. 
He died the atoning death you needed for reconciliation to God, and he won the victory over the forces of evil that held you in bondage to sin and death. All you need do, all you need do to have a part in this great and wonderful grace is to believe and trust in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. Why does Paul make such a big deal over this revelation given him? Verses 5 through 6. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has been made, been revealed to the Spirit, to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel. This is a mystery. This is a mystery that others have been given in an understandable form. They have not been given in an understandable form. The Old Testament prophets didn't understand this. This does not mean that before Christ, the Old Testament prophets didn't have an inkling of what might be going on. They did, but they could not completely understand it without the ministry of the Holy Spirit as he came at Pentecost. What they could not understand was that in connection with the coming of the Messiah and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Israel as a theocracy, that means Israel with God as its king, would be ended and replaced with a new organism where the Gentiles and Jews would make it be made equal. In other words, the nation of Israel was replaced by the church of Jesus Christ. Paul now shows that this mystery of God is not simply an alliance between Jews and Gentiles. It is not just a friendly pact to live together in peace. It is a fusion, a fusion in perfect spiritual unity, the making of a new mankind. So here's your mystery. Your mystery is that the church is going to replace Israel. That's what Jesus came to do. He shows there will be no borders in God's house, nor slaves, only free men, all children of the living God. Gentiles are from now on fellow sharers in the inheritance. They are all now fellow members of the body, which was Jesus and which says Jews and Gentiles are both members of God's household. This means, and this was very hard for Jews to accept, that the Gentiles were also full participants in all of the promises of the covenant. Full salvation is their portion. They are not second-class citizens. They are, have a full part in Christ Jesus, who merited it all for them and apart from whom they can have no place in heaven. This is indeed a marvelous revelation that Jews and Gentiles are one before God. All who are now in Christ Jesus are one. Chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. This is the mystery Paul has come to reveal. The nation of Israel is gone. The new vessel God has declared as his body is the church of Jesus Christ. In conclusion, this is why it's so important for you to, re to align yourself with the church of Jesus Christ. It is God's called out body. You were called out of the world and into his body. It is a great privilege to be a part of his glorious body. He calls all men from every race, nation, tribe, and people group to come and join with each other in Jesus Christ. Paul has laid the foundation for this understanding from chapter 1 through 2 into 3. The church is very important to all who name the name of Christ 
for it is his church. Jews and Gentiles are called to come and join with one another as the worship, as they come in worship and in the work of God. I hope that each one here has heard this call and have responded, but if you have not, please listen closely. Jesus Christ was sent into this world to save people, his people, from their sins. He went, was sent to God, the Father, to do for men what they could never do for themselves. He has done everything for you. That was to perfectly keep the law and live a pleasing life before God. Then he voluntarily went to the cross of Calvary's Hill to offer himself in the place of everyone who would hear and believe in him. He died the atoning death required by the law to redeem men to God. He then went to the grave, but did not remain there. Because he had lived the perfect life, he was raised from that grave and defeated the enemies of men, Satan, sin, and death. He is today sitting at the right hand of God the Father to intercede for any and all who will listen to this message and place their trust exclusively in him. There is no salvation except in Jesus Christ. You must hear his call to believe and repent. For each one who hears and acts on that call, he will save them and he will make them a part of his kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us the revelation of who you are and what you are doing for us. You have opened our hearts and minds to the great mystery that has come to us through Jesus Christ. We pray asking you to open our hearts and ears to grow in our understanding of this great mystery and enable us to walk our lives in this, its knowledge. You can do nothing on our own. We can do nothing, Father. We need you to guide us through your Holy Spirit. So please, gracious God, do not forget us nor forsake us. Stand with us and strengthen us through this great and marvelous mystery. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.